Why is Tom Cruise yelling at his Mission Impossible crew? Who's playing Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not already? All this and more on today's nerdiest, Yu Yu Hakushoiest, Ratatouiest episode of Nostalgia Cast. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. Let's take a look back into our childhoods through the lens of modern pop culture with your hosts, Andrew Price, Dad Beats, aka Kirk Pinchon, and sometimes Tyler, Palo, but not today. You, you, Hakusho! Yeah, you know what that is! No, I don't! <laughs> Just like the name! I read, I read, uh... I read some tweets that Tyler posted. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know where he's working. He's got some kind of job, and I don't know where he's working. But he posted about getting into some fight with a customer. And I was just like, and I was just like, remind me never to shop wherever this is. <laughs> I mean, he could be anywhere. Yep. He's got just, the van. Just getting into screaming matches with customers. Wow. Oh, man. Welcome to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? Untake How is it going? Already killing it in the new year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not even New yeah. Year yet. You're already killing it, and it's a day before the New Year. Well, bro, I'm on Mars. Oh yeah, it's already it's already 2025 <laughs> on Mars. Yeah, you cel- you celebrated exactly. the 2025 New Year today. Yes, but I'm reminiscing Mars about is my five, 2021. Yeah, Mars Mars is four years and one day ahead. Yeah, and things are great here. We did have COVID on Mars for like a day, and then you had, and then you just eradicated it. Yeah, we just President, mentally. President George Clooney uh, issued a. He just literally fought it physically. Well, in a cage yes. match. A, people don't know that his tequila brand has healing properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on, Ur- just, on Earth, it does nothing, but on Mars, it no. cures all diseases. Cures it specifically COVID and syphilis. Yeah. Those are the big Which focuses. Is, I mean, so you guys are just up there having orgies. You're like, fuck it. (laughs) That's that's what us rich people do on Mars. (laughs) Other than that, things are great. Nice. So uh, we we took a couple weeks off for the holidays. Um, But before we get into the stories, I just have to say. I have to I have to I have to come clean. I have to admit that nostalgia cast took a huge L we we took a we took a gigantic L this this last episode we took the L Kirk what L did we take so we did an episode a couple weeks ago the last episode before the holidays and on this so we I've said this a million times but we record episodes on Thursdays for Mondays. 
And the rationale mm-hmm. there has always been that Thursday is the closest to being up to the minute on the news that I feel comfortable being while still giving us a buffer for editing and making sure that everything's done. Mm-hmm. So Thursday is like the the latest, like that's that is like the most that is the closest to being like current with the news that we can be on Monday. Yeah. And it usually works out, I think. I feel like I feel like it's usually fine, but sometimes we miss something where like something will happen between Thursday and Monday, and then it'll end up making the episode a little dated or mm-hmm. certain parts of the episode. So the last episode we did, the first story was, and once again, it was recorded on Thursday, two Thursdays ago, or three Thursdays ago. And the first story was saying that there was going to be an alien TV show that was being developed. But I had misunderstood the story yes. that I was reading. And it was actually talking about comics that were the, a new a new licensed alien comic series that was going to be developed or was being developed. So on this episode that came out on a Monday, the following Monday, I was like, oh, never mind. This isn't a show. This is a comic. Yes. Forget yes. it. Yes. This we is not. We this, this, quite yeah. quickly, too. Yeah. So literally later that day. So after we recorded on Thursday, Disney dropped all this news. Yes. This is like the crazy, like the biggest announcement of pop culture news, largely surrounding nostalgia of the year, I think. Yeah, it was a massive data dump of information. They were like, here's a million Star Wars shows. Here's all this shit. Here's, here's like, here's just all the dopamine fix you need to make up for the entire year of 2020 and all the bad things that have happened to you. Mm -hmm. So not only did we miss this news, not only did we not report on this huge thing that came out later that day, like hours after we recorded this dropped and it was like, Oh, we missed the biggest news story of nostalgic news story of the year. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but they did announce an alien TV show. But let's look at it this way. You didn't get it wrong. I predicted it. You predicted it. You got yes. it right. But I immediately went, no, never mind. This is a lie. And then also, we didn't cover any of that other stuff. No. No. You know what you did? You... uh Wonder Woman 1984 did. You made a wish and the wish came true. Yeah. Yeah. You did it before anyone. Yeah, you're you making were, me feel you're making me feel better about this. Like, now now I kind of feel like a hero. Fair. Yeah, now, now I, you know what you are? You're the you're the conflicted, misunderstood hero because oh, I'm setting you this up. I'm setting this up for you perfectly. You have this immense power. You're unclear what to do with it. It's so powerful. So you predicted about the alien show, but fearing that power, you're like, no, 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 no. That 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 didn't happen. That's what happened. This is all. This is all making a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, this is, this all tracks. Yeah, this all tracks. I'm now. I'm. I'm more and more feeling like that. I 
I did the right thing. No, you did. And, and I'm a hero. What, you're a hero. And then because that wish of the alien show came true, you actually were the sliding doors and the catalyst for all the Disney stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, call, I caused all of that. I was like, yeah. I unclogged a cosmic pipe. Yes. And it all came flooding through. There was a 2020 poopy. You mm-hmm. took your yeah. cosmic, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was a cosmic dump. And you uh, cosmically unclogged it. Seven, second episode in a row where we've said poopy. <laughs> We're naughty. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going with that. You didn't yeah. miss it. You predicted it. Oh, I'm going and, with it too. I'm, yeah, I'm hard I'm going with it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Nailed it. Killed it. So, uh, oh, wait. Oh, wow. Whipping out the guitar. That's right. That's right. Each segment's got a industry, industry. What do you mean to me? Industry, industry. What's going on? Industry news. Buddy Holly's Peggy Sue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that totally. I mean, that was not what I was going for on purpose, but a hundred percent. <laughs> well done though. Uh so um Tom Cruise went viral for yelling at his crew. So, you know, we've seen these kind of videos before. There was the infamous video of Christian Bale freaking out on uh cinematographer Shane Hurlbutt for moving some lights while he was mm-hmm. shooting a scene. Um several years ago during the filming of Terminator Salvation. But uh, this one has a particularly 2020 twist to it because we have Tom Cruise caught on tape uh, yelling at crew members for breaking the COVID guidelines that are that have been put in place for film sets um, because uh, he, uh, you know, we talked about this a while back, but, you know, Tom Cruise was a part of that weird propaganda video where he like went to the theater to see Tenet and uh, mm, yeah, clearly that's right. and and they've also like Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie the, the director of the Mission Impossible movies he, they've they've made videos like tell encouraging people to go back to the theater and things like that so they're like they're like these big proponents of people going back to the theater and keeping theaters live and so on and so forth so he's yelling at them because they've just started, you know, really getting back into productions and they don't want productions to be shut down again. So he's basically yelling at these people and saying like, we're creating jobs. We're, you know, we're getting back into productions where they're just finally letting us make movies again. And we're doing all these things and you're going to ruin it. Um, so, uh, let's, let's play a little bit of this, of this, uh, of this yelling, which I actually haven't listened to this yet. I know I about, to it. I, I know what this story and I am well aware of it, and I know what he says in it specifically from reading it, but I actually have not listened to the actual recording because it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to listen to things like this. I, I get like really like secondhand embarrassment feelings from stuff like this, so I tend to avoid it. It's pretty great, but I, but we'll play it here. Studio 
looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. In the future of the industry. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're at We are not shutting this movie down! Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're gone. And you're gone. That's it. Am I clear? Do you understand what I want? Do you understand the responsibility that you have? Because I will deal with your reason. And if you can't be reasonable, and I can't deal with your logic, you're fired. That's it. That is it. It's whipping out some Scientology shit on him there at the end. Um, I This is the second time I've heard it, and now that I hear it, I enjoy how he uh, emphasizes the last word of every sentence. Yeah. <laughs> he does it every time. It's great. Uh, here's the thing. He's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. It, it, I, I'm, I'm conflicted about it because it's like, yeah. he's not wrong. And a lot of people are posting this and being like, fuck yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, people, people who, people who be, who believe in these things and think that they're important and they're angry about people ignoring them uh are you know and they're like they're this is like a, a little bit of a cathartic moment for people of mm -hmm. just like hearing tom cruise you know the biggest movie star in the world dress down these yeah. people for ignoring mm -hmm. the guidelines and i think it's i you know and I, I i definitely understand that and i and i think that it's easy to feel that but then on the other part of me is like man like th like this just like you, your your boss should never be able to just yell at you like this. Like this is this is kind of like a really toxic thing. Yes. Re regardless of what you're doing, to be in a work environment where your boss can just scream at you like this. Um, you know, if that happened in a real business, the th I mean, I'm sure that does happen in a real business all the time. But if that if that happened in a real business and was publicly made aware of, if somebody leaked a vid a, a audio recording of like you know just like some executive at fucking some insurance company yelling at their employees like this, like it would be a huge deal. And, you know, they probably get in trouble. They probably get put on administrative leave. Um, but you know, the, the movie industry sometimes can have like a little bit of like different rules because it's such a different type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I it's, it, it, I'm of two minds of it because it's like, 
I agree with what he's saying, and I think that it's important, and I and it's annoying that people just like r refuse to acknowledge these things, and they refuse to do these simple things that could just help everybody. Um, and part of part of me is like feels the satisfaction, um, but then the other part of me is like, yeah, I mean, you, you just shouldn't be able to like yell at your employees like this. It's just, yeah. it's not a good it's not a good thing. Not a good look. As as uh. Our leader on Mars, George Clooney, actually responded to this and said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but basically says, yeah, Tom was right, but I would have done it in a completely different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a better way to do it. Because, um, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is on his shoulders. It's his movie. And so if things get shut down. People go, oh, Tom Cruise's movie shut down. So he looks bad. And <clears> he, <throat> he wants people to work. But yeah, as George said, George George would have done a little differently. Yeah, yeah, he would have handled it. I mean, he would have he would have done it the Mars way. Yeah, nice and calm, and then give us drugs. Yeah, and then and then bring out the nougat men, the secret police uh, that 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 preside over Mars. If if uh, if people don't don't comply, did you say nougat men? <laughs> We've already established that the nougat men are the secret police force on Mars. You know what? I'm such a good citizen that I don't, I forget about it. That's why. I'm a model citizen here on Mars. I'm a piece of shit on Earth. Mars, I'm great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it's, a it's a whole different world, literally. Yeah. And uh, now, let's get into some pop culture news. Pop culture news. Pop culture news. I got nothing for that. Yeah, that was a, that was a short and sweet one. Yeah, that was just a, that's an original uh, DeAndre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Total, totally original. Yeah. Nobody has ever played uh, G to A to <laughs> or no C C to A to G. No, C to A to D to G. That's what I did. No one's ever. No one's I ever. Heard of Hendrix tried, but he couldn't figure it out. Yeah, his his he died. <laughs> he tried. He tried playing C to A to D to G, and he died. He died too. <laughs> it wasn't drugs. It was that complex chord progression. Uh, so. Um, Revenge of the Nerds is being rebooted by Seth MacFarlane. Okay, let's get into this. <laughs> so a Revenge of the Nerds reboot is in the works at 20th Century Studios. I almost said Fox. Had to had to check my had to check yep. my new world privilege. Yep, can't uh, do that. Courtesy of Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. McFarlane will be producing through his Fuzzy Door production company, while twin brothers Keith and, and Kenny Lucas, who directed wait. Oh, they must have written. Yeah, they wrote. I think they wrote it. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't. They didn't direct 22 Jump Street. No, it's a great movie, uh, though. Yeah. Uh, we'll be both writing and starring in the reboot. Maybe starring in it? Uh, with Rick and Morty's Alex Rubens co-writing the script. Instead of trying to retread the path of the original Revenge of the Nerds, which has aged pretty terribly, this reboot will take a page from the Jump Street series by taking a look at the tropes of the original movie from a modern perspective. Um, I know who Keith and Kenny Lucas are. They're they're twin comedians, I think, and they had they had like a bit part in uh, Twenty Two Jump Street. 
They're very funny. They're fun, very funny comedians, actually. Yeah, best of them. Oh yeah, 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 them, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I t I yeah, totally recognize these guys. I just didn't know yeah. their names, but yeah, yeah. I, I totally recognize these guys. Not just yeah, from that great. movie, from other things too. Yeah, they do videos I've seen on the internet and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're they're starring in it. Okay. Um. So let's see. So in the case of Revenge of the Nerds, this new film will apparently pontificate about today's nerd culture and what even constitutes a geek in the 21st century. Um, and the synopsis is when lovable nerd. Uh, wait, no, this is the synopsis for the original movie. We all we all know yeah. you all know what that movie's we about. All know that. Um, Revenge of the Nerds core concept is clearly aged out as the concept of nerds and jocks has gotten flipped nearly upside down in the 21st century. Uh, geek has become the new chic, while modern kids look at old jock stereotypes as comically outdated. As stated, the Jump Street reboot found smart ways to examine those cultural transitions in a comedic way. Hopefully this new Revenge of the Nerds can do the same. Uh, the real question is whether McFarlane and the Lucas twins will address some of the more controversial aspects of the original Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, this is going to... People, people hate when people talk about this on the internet. Um, this is, this is like, this is the thing that, that, that gets talked about. And whenever this gets talked about, a throng of people will come out of the woodwork and tell people that they're being too sensitive. Um, and, and, you know, say things like, it's, it's just a movie. Uh, you're, 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 you're looking, you're, you're being too sensitive. You're taking jokes too seriously or whatever. Um, but there's a ton of really, weird stuff in the revenge of the nerds i love revenge of the nerds i watched it a million times when i was a kid i watched it so many times but there is some weird stuff in it that to, by today's standards feels very uncomfortable oh 100 uh, i mean yeah. i grew up in that i saw it i think i was like 13 or 14 so it's perfect for us it was perfect for like all my dumb friends and we were mm. like this is hysterical and then you watch it now and you're like Wow, this is pretty fucking bad. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of bad stuff going on in this. Really racially insensitive depictions yep. of a Asian people. Um, horrible, it, horrible gay stereotypes. Really, really bad gay stereotypes. Um, th just like how you know the whole things like when they're like spy, like they install cameras in the in the sorority house and they're like yeah. watching it on tv um which is really re really gross um yeah there's a scene that where basically the main character um played by robert carradine uh he basically sexually assaults someone he 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 tricks somebody into sleeping with him thinking that he is her boyfriend and she doesn't yeah. find out his identity until after the fact which is and then even worse, very bad. She's like, that was great. Yeah, I mean, in thank the movie, you for doing that. In the movie, she loved it, but I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think that would happen in real life. I think I think it would no. probably emotionally scar somebody. Yeah, if they yeah. if they it's, realize that they slept with somebody that they thought was somebody else. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of stuff about the movie that just really does not hold up. Whenever you are, uh, when you're in a modern age and you're a little older and you're like, oh shit. Um, yeah. All the jokes about the overweight uh, Omega Moo 
sorority. Yeah. yeah, there's just there's, it, there, there's so much bad stuff in it. It's like it's not it's not subtle at all. It's not like this one little tiny no. thing that gets fixated on. Like that movie is wall to wall really offensive stuff. Yeah, it's that, the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> the whole movie is bad. It, the whole movie is bad. also. I don't get again. And they they talked about it. They're like, you know, nerd culture is cool culture these days. Yeah. So what revenge are they going to get? Yeah, I I I really I mean they say that they're addressing that, and I at least you can look at that and say like, okay, they're doing something. So I'll I'll just I'll just hold out and see what they do. But I I really cannot fathom how they are going to interpret this movie. Like, like I said, like the movie, like conceptually, the movie just doesn't work anymore. No, because, not at all. Yeah, because there's just like, there's just really no such thing as that paradigm of jocks and nerds. I mean, there definitely are people who are picked on and bullied. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it doesn't fit into that paradigm anymore. Exactly, exactly. So really the only interesting aspect of it is the the Lucas brothers who were great. Other than that, I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm more, weird. I'm more just curious to see how this is done. Yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause even, even with how interesting they spun the 21 and 22 jump street movies and the, and the way that they interpreted them in a very interesting way, even before that, I still, if I, if somebody was like, oh, you're remaking 21 Jump Street, I could still, I could still imagine them doing that in a modern context. Like I yes. wouldn't have, I wouldn't have imagined what they did with it, but I definitely could have, if, if somebody said that, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I, you could make that movie. I, I, I could yeah. see how that would work. But this one, I'm just like, what are they going to do? Yeah. I have no idea. Not, not sure about it at all. Um, so it was announced I'm sure you're going to get excited about this, Kirk. I'm sure this is I'm sure this is great news, big news for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was announced that Oscar Isaac, um, you know, Poe Dameron from the Star Wars movies. Uh, he was in he was in Inside Lewin Davis. He was in um, shockingly great movie. Yeah. Ex Machina uh, or Ex Machina. I forget. I always forget which way yeah. it's pronounced in that movie because there's the real pronunciation is Ex Machina, but sometimes ex it's Machina. pronounced differently. Um but he has been cast to play Solid Snake in a Metal Gear Solid movie. Um, so Oscar Isaac has been cast to play Solid Snake in the upcoming Metal Gear Solid film, an adaptation of Konami's wildly popular video game franchise. The film, which has been in various pre-production limbo stages for years, is written by Derek Connolly and directed by Jordan Vaught Roberts. While the film's production schedule has yet to be announced, the casting report is a good sign of real concrete progress. Since the 1990s, Metal Gear Solid has stood as one of the video game industry's preeminent franchises. Created by famed director Hideo Kojima, the series follows super spy soldier Solid Snake in his lifelong battle against a line of walking battle tanks called Metal Gears and the nuclear Armageddon they threaten. While the series began as a relatively grounded Tom Clancy-style mystery thriller or military thriller, uh, the story grew more absurd over time, eventually invoking everything from rogue AIs to actual ghosts. According to the Deadline report, Oscar Isaac has been cast in the leading role of Snake for the upcoming film adaptation. The announcement is the latest in a string of significant de- developments for Isaac, who will also be playing Marvel's Moon Knight in the MCU. It's unclear at this point which part of Metal Gear's story will be adapted to the film, 
though Isaac's age would theoretically set it in the zone of Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Woo, woo. <laughs> Here's... Here, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fess up. 2021, it's a new me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my truth. When I glanced over this outline and just saw Oscar Isaac Snake, I read it fast, and I thought they were making a movie about the snake game on your phone. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was solid snake no no and i was kirk, like they, why are they no no kirk they uh that whole era of ad- adapting board games and f- apps is over like that <laughs> that didn't pan out they made battleship <laughs> they were gonna make a they were gonna they made ouija they were gonna make oh, a right. um they were gonna make a um they were gonna make what was the other game there was they were gonna make another game uh movie and then it just ended up getting canceled because that whole thing just the fad went away but um, oscar isaac playing the snake in the snake game you'd see yeah definitely yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. my sec- second thing <clears throat> i mean we, we made a we made a movie about the snake game it was pretty interesting that's got it's got kind of an interesting history yeah it's great fascinating tale what is moon knight what kind of jive MCU character is that that I've never heard of in my life? First of all, Kirk, all the all the MCU characters that you've heard of are jive MCU characters that you never heard of before they made movies out of them. I no 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 because I, I I have heard of the only one I never really heard of was Deadpool. I'd heard of Iron Man and all those others. But yeah, Moon, Moon Knight is just he's Moon one Knight. of he's he's one of the like second or third tier Marvel characters. What can he do? He's he's like a he's like a knight. He's a moon knight. Yeah. Is his power come from the moon? <laughs> um, that's terrible. Former boxer, marine, CIA operative, and mercenary <laughs> oh, who found himself near death after being betrayed by his employer, Raoul Bushman, when they stumbled upon an archaeological dig which Bushman intended to loot for profit. As he lay dying, Spectre was approached by the Egyptian moon god uh, Khonshu, who offered him a second chance at life in exchange for becoming his avatar on Earth. As a result, Spectre was resurrected and given superhuman abilities. Upon his return to the United States, he invested the money that he had accumulated as a mercenary to make a fortune and became the crime fighter Moon Knight. Um, so he's a, he's, a, he's a crime fighter that's in, imbued with the powers of the moon god, the Egyptian moon god. What are the, I, uh, I know this isn't a, I know this is about Metal Gear, but what powers of the moon? He's a boxer and he, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super sense. familiar. I'm, I, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not like, I, I, I read comics, but I'm not like a huge comic expert. So I'm not super familiar with Moon Knight. Um, He's number 49 on the list of top 50 Avengers. There you go. Um, I guess he's special. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it is I, mean, I love Oscar I see, Isaac, so maybe I'll see I it. I don't see an entry that just says powers. Um, yeah. I like to know the powers of the superheroes before I judge them. But I do know a lot about Metal Gear Solid, or rather Me- Metal Gear, the franchise, and I'm super excited about this. I think it's I think it's a great casting, casting and I'm, I mean, I'm usually not interested in watching video game movies because they're always bad, mm-hmm. and I just think that fundamentally video game narrative does not translate well into film narrative at all. Um, but I'll, I'll see it just for, I mean, th- th- there's just certain, 
there's just certain things that will make you interested in something like <clears throat> I like Michael Fassbender, but whenever mm. he was when he was cast as the main character in the um uh what uh the assassin's the, um, assassin's creed movie yeah, that did boy. not make me interested in seeing the movie like i was yeah. not like oh i can't wait to see him playing that character or whatever um but there's something about oscar isaac being cast as solid snake that i that makes me very interested in seeing it because it's oscar isaac yeah and i just think what he's an was, interesting choice to play the character what if it was michael fassbender as solid snake yeah, I would still, I was still just, that wouldn't really interest me that much. Okay. All I don't right. dislike Michael Fassbender, but for some reason that just doesn't spark joy in me. What if it was 1996 Kirk Pinchon? I mean, a hundred percent. Take my money. Yeah. But I mean, you could, you could play him because I mean, the, the, the franchise go, I mean, the franchise explores like various time periods. So you see a younger solid snake and then you see like an older Solid Snake. And then you also see his, his boss. There's games where you his boss, who's named Big Boss. You Then you go and explore his character, which is very similar to Solid Snake. But when he's younger, he looks he looks almost identic, identical to him because how many games Solid Snake there? is like a clone of him, basically. But <laughs> but how, uh, how many how many Metal Gear saw, uh, games are there? There was five main entries and then a couple like side oh. games. So there's like a lot of material there. Then. Yeah. Um, okay. So you could right. you could play you could play all these characters throughout all these ages. 1996 Kirk could play uh, Metal Gear Solid One slash Two era Solid Snake. Then you could you could play like Big Boss during Metal Gear Fo Solid like Three. And then when you're a little older, then you can play Metal Gear Solid. You could play Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid Five, the Phantom Pain, the final Ooh. the final installation. I, I mean, I could I. Full disclosure, I turned down the role. <laughs> you just you're offered this multi-film franchise where there's like yeah. just, we're gonna we're gonna make like seven of these and you get to play be the main character in all of them. And it's gonna be guaranteed to like basically support you for your rest of your life because you, you we're making yeah. them over a series of decades. And you're just like, nah. Yeah. Well again, because I thought it was the snake app game. You're like, no, it's not the it's not the app. No, no. I, I'm yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. Lie. I have to pass. Now, if you if you're coming at me with the app game, I'm signing on. But nothing. In retrospect, that was a big mistake on my part. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna end up like like uh, like uh, what 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 are those things where like somebody like passed on a role and they ended up regretting it majorly? Oh. So many. Oh, there's one recent one. I can't remember. Yeah, for some reason I had a big one in my head and then I just lost it. I can't remember what it was now. I know what you're saying. I'm picking up what you put now. Um, but uh yeah, Oscar Isaac, you can't get any better than him. So I'm not gonna see it, but good on Oscar Isaac. I'm pretty I'm pretty interested in it. Okay. I love Metal Gear. Um, so we we talked about this many moons ago, pre COVID, yeah. pre pandemic. Yeah. We we, we we talked about this actually for several episodes. There was like a there was like a there was like this whole saga where they were making the Lizzie McGuire show and then it got shut down and there was disagreements and all this stuff. Hillary Duff has confirmed that the Lizzie McGuire reboot is officially dead in the water. Hmm. It's dead. Gone. 
Though production had already begun on a revival of the hit series Lizzie McGuire, featuring the return of star Hilary Duff to the role, things apparently went south as disagreements over what the show would be about and include began to become public. No update on its fate has been released since the summer, but now Duff has taken to Instagram to confirm that the show is no longer moving forward. In a lengthy post, Duff wrote about the character and series about what the character and series meant to her and fans around the world, and that despite the efforts of all involved, the new version of the series, originally slated as a Disney Plus exclusive, wouldn't be happening. So yeah, it's officially dead. We Can talked we about wait? it a while back. We talked about how it got stalled. And there was disagreements, yep. and I, if I remember correctly, there was some there was some stuff that was circulated that was basically insinuating that the reason why it got halted was because the show was taking this direction where Lizzie McGuire was like a 30 something. She had some high level job. Like she had some big job. Like she was a hotshot yeah. type person. And she, the, the show starts with her cheating on her husband. And then like dealing with the out, the fallout of that. Yes, and I think I that was that, that. Was, that was like what the show was about, and so Disney was like, "What? It's about her <laughs> cheating on her husband? What are you, you talking about?" Disney Plus, we're going to put this on people. You had one job. We we just we said here's a bunch of money. Make a Lizzie McGuire show. Remember Lizzie McGuire? Remember that show where this teenage girl is just like hanging out with her friends, and then like a little cartoon character talks to her. And we and you come back with this? Yeah. We would have taken anything but this. You chose the one thing. I do like her her sake. I want any reboot of Lizzie to be honest and authentic to who Lizzie would be today. It's what the character deserves. Yeah. Sure. But it's also a kid show. Yeah, we, we talked about this before. Yeah. In that, like, in theory, I don't disagree with her. Like, I think that, you know, if you have a vision for something, you should stand by it and you shouldn't let some big corporation like water down what you're trying to do. But on the same hand, maybe this isn't the hill to die on because it's like it's like a fucking yes. ch children's show that like n never would have been allowed to do this. Like, you should have realized like. You, you couldn't come into this and just turn like use this as a it, like we talked about this before, but it felt like an op. It felt like Hillary Duff and the creator of the show being like, oh, this is our one little in where we have we can have carte blanche to make something because we have this thing that was popular and has this nostalgic mm -hmm. cachet. So we're going to basically use it as this jumping off point to make this more serious thing. But it's Lizzie McGuire. It's a, it's yeah, a, it's a I mean, children's Disney Channel show. The title is Lizzie McGuire. Like you didn't that see says it all. You didn't see Jordan Peele like coming out with an episode of the Key and Peele show that was like a serious horror movie and being like, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to like do a horror movie. So we just did a sketch that was like a full horror movie that wasn't funny at all. Like he made him he, he went off and pursued a different path to do that. I mean, I, I I hate to compare it to because I hated the show, but like even like Fuller House, they're like, oh no, it's the same. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep to what it is, and it was a huge hit. Should take a take a take a page out of uh, out of Cobra Kai's book. 
where they God, Cobra, Cobra Kai is so good. They 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 interpreted the movie. They took it off in a different kind of direction, but kind of stayed true to it in the same way. I think it, I think yeah. it like satisfied the fans, but also was this like new thing that kind of like it kind of did feel like a jumping off point where it's like we're kind of just making this show, but it's just based on this thing and it has the same actors. Yes, but they didn't veer too far from it where it seems like this Lizzie McGuire thing. You're just like, it's don't even, you might as well not even call it Lizzie McGuire. She cheats on her husband in the first episode. Yeah. We literally walked uh, out of the, we, we left you here for like a day. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, it feels like this. And it has been this saga of the Lizzie McGuire thing has been never ending. Yep. As never ending as this horrible plague that we it basically sums up in, COVID that won't go away because nobody will listen to anything. Yep. Um, so here I have I have two things to say here. I've come I've come with two things to say. Okay. Well, the so first thing to say is that the debate about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not has been put to rest. We have an official final word on it. No matter what anybody tells you, no matter how much the debate continues on, no matter how much you see people still making the arguments, no matter what you believe, this is the end of it. The director has spoken and said what it is. So it's the end of it. We know what it is. We know whether it's a Christmas movie or not. But before we get into that, I just want to quickly say that I hate this. I hate this debate. I think it's so fucking dumb. Yes. I hate it so much. Many times hating this. Yeah. This is something this and whether or not pineapple goes on pizza. They're not debates. The internet, the internet and meme culture. They're not. They're not. You either do like it or you don't. Before the internet and memes existed, nobody debated whether pineapple was supposed to go on pizza or not. Pineapple on pizza has existed. Pineapple on people has pizza has existed for decades and decades. I don't even know how long. Hundreds of years. Are were the, was fucking Socrates putting pineapple Hundreds on his pizza? Years? I don't know. I don't fucking know. All I know is that it's existed since I can remember, <laughs> since before I was born, and nobody ever debated it. People just had their opinion. It's like I don't like that, and someone's like I do like that. It was never a debate of like this is objectively wrong to do. It was just a thing that you either liked or didn't like, and then internet and meme culture turned it into a debate that doesn't need to happen. You either put pineapple on your pizza and enjoy it or don't eat it. Nobody is. There's not like a daily ration that shows up at your doorstep from the government. That's like, here is your food for the day. Today's menu is pineapple on pizza. Eat it or die, citizen. It's just something that you either (laughs) like or you don't. Same thing goes with this. Calling Die Hard a Christmas movie was just a joke that people said. It was just a playful joke. It was like it was like how people have joked and said that Clifford the Big Red Dog is a kaiju. It's a joke. It's a funny mm-hmm. way of thinking about something. And then internet and meme culture turned it into a real debate. It's not a debate. It was a funny joke observation about how Die Hard takes place on Christmas and People have made this joke of like my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard as this like funny idiosyncratic thing to say. Mm -hmm. It's not a debate. 
It doesn't matter whether it's a Christmas movie or not. It's just a movie and people joked about it being a Christmas movie. It's not a debate. I hate it well, so much. It's not much. a debate now because McTiernan just said that it was a Christmas movie. But the director, John McTiernan, one of my favorite directors of all time. Great, great man. He's, su- he's such a good director. Not so good with handling his taxes. He said perfect. it's a Christmas movie. The AFI released a special behind-the-scenes video featuring McTiernan talking about how Die Hard became a Christmas movie. The director goes deep in the 12-minute video discussing art history and the concepts of authoritarianism and capitalism, but eventually reveals that, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, despite the original intention not being that. And then he says, other people started to catch on that this was a movie that where the hero was a real human being and the people of authority, all the important folks, were all portrayed as kind of foolish Everybody, as they came to work on the movie, began to get that. As I said, this movie is an escape from the Hollywood machine, and there was a joy in it. We hadn't intended it to be a Christmas movie, but the joy that came from it is what turned it into a Christmas movie. Okay, what is he talking about? That is just word salad. From a director who I love, that that is just director talking out of his ass. I think what he means is that they got such a joyful experience out of making the movie and what they were kind of saying. I think a lot of people came out of the movie thinking it was just an action movie, like every other eighties action movie Mm -hmm. that was cranked out, which I love many of them, but let's be real. They really don't have a whole lot of depth to them. They're just like Arnold Schwarzenegger punching people. But this movie, I think he was basically saying like, like as people were coming on board, they started to realize like, Oh, this is something different. Like this is not just an action movie. This has got like, this has got like some layers to it. It's got a real human, protagonist who's just a regular guy it you know it, it's it has some sub some subtext and some meaning and there's some satire going on of authority and capitalism and i think that he's saying that like as they, they were having such a great time making the movie that there was this and it was taking place on christmas and they just leaned into that and it just became the feeling of it being like this joyful celebration intermingled with the christmas setting and it codified it being a Christmas movie. That's bullshit. That's I'm, bullshit. Director speak. I'm fully on one hundred percent bullshit. It's a Christmas movie. Here it is. It's a Christmas movie. Why? Because it's set at Christmas time. Boom. End of story. No debate on either side. You don't have to validate it or quantify why the feeling makes it feel like a Christmas movie because it was released in the summer. It's a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, but I I understand with with this dumb debate that doesn't need to be happening if you are going to debate it. I understand the other perspective, though, of saying like just because it takes place on Christmas doesn't mean it means a Christmas movie because, you know, there are like almost every Shane Black movie takes place on Christmas. Um, but they usually have nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. Like Christmas is barely, it's just literally yeah. like a backdrop. Um, you know, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, um, Iron Man three. Um, what, are, what are some of his other movies that take place? It was, was the nice guys except Christmas. Yeah. Um, okay. and I can understand that perspective, but I think, I think that die hard references and is about Christmas enough to be a Christmas movie. Like there's specific they're, they're, things. They're, in it it that, takes yeah. place during a Christmas party. 
Mm-hmm. He sends up the guy, the dead body with the Santa hat that says, I have a machine yep. gun now. Ho, ho, ho. There's decorations that are part of the set design in like almost every scene, except for the ones where they're up in like the unfinished parts of the floor or whatever. Like Christmas comes into play in the plot because that's why they're having trouble like getting people there to like take care of it is because it's the holidays. That's why yeah. he can't get anybody to come out. And that's why the whole plot point of how uh, Reginald Vell Johnson just gets called out there and he's the first one to finally realize that something is going down. It's all because th- it's Christmas and they're just they're they're yeah. they're busy and not paying attention. So I, I think yeah, it's, it's enough of the a- whole reason why McLean is going to L.A. is because it's Christmas time and he's trying to reconcile with his wife at Christmas. Yeah. I think there's enough holiday. I think the pl- actual plot involves Christmas enough to qualify yeah. it as a Christmas movie. But also Agreed. it doesn't matter because it's just a fucking joke and it's just a movie that is what it is. Agree. But pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Listen to Food Fight my podcast wherever you get podcasts. I have pizza with pineapple on it nearly every week. It's my it's my, you, it's my son's favorite pizza. Are you pizza. serious? Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's understandable because you have a, it's your son's favorite pizza, and you're like, well, I'm just going to eat it. But if you if you were childless, would you have pineapple pizza weekly? No, it's definitely not my favorite. I I I, I like it just fine. I I don't think I ever really got it that much before. It's not like any kind of go to for me. Yeah. Um. But my my son loves it. He he calls it orders. He said he, he wants good. pizza with orders because we used to talk, we used to say we were ordering pizza and then he oh, thought that that was it. like, and so he thinks that the pineapple are orders. And so he, he wants That's pizza. Great. He wants pizza with orders. Good on me. So no, no, that makes sense. What doesn't make sense. Andrew is you liking jelly donuts because they suck. Boom. Nope. Happy 2021. Best dessert period. Not just best donut. <laughs> In fact, I think, I think my, I think they've either done it already or they're going to do it. My, my wife and kids are walking to get donuts. And I'm very excited about it. I want to get this fucking over with. Come on, let's move on. <laughs> okay, go, go. <laughs> uh, Just get them donuts. So they're bringing Saturday morning cartoons back in 2021. Can I, can I before we start, did they ever go away? What does that mean? They kind of did. Yeah, they, they, they actually, there actually, there actually was a definitive moment when they went away. They, there was, there was gobsmacked by that. It was a news story. It was before Nostalgia Castle. We didn't talk about it, but it was a, it was a couple years ago, and it was announced that whatever the last channel that was still playing cartoons on Saturday morning was officially ending it. So there was like, there was an official end where they were no longer playing cartoons on Saturday morning on any channel. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed to hear that, that, that to me is more surprising than the, Hey, they're coming back. Cause I never thought they were gone, but they yeah. just, I, obviously there's 24 hour channels. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a news story that came out, but I remember at the time just being like, so what? Like, yeah. they, they, nobody watches TV anymore. There's They can just watch cartoons on Saturday morning on Netflix or something. Yeah, you can watch cartoons anywhere, anytime. It's not just for getting up on Saturday morning, which was a great experience as a kid, but I, I'm just amazed. Yeah, whenever I was a kid... um. No, I, I, I didn't really even, I don't even think I really watched Saturday morning cartoons. I can't remember any, I, I watched, I watched cartoons in the morning on weekdays before going to school. 
That's what I remember. Oh, look at you. We weren't allowed to do that. Yeah, whenever I, whenever I woke up in the morning before school, I would watch Power Rangers, VR Troopers, which aren't cartoons, but they were just part of it. Um, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch cartoon, Mummies Alive, and Pepper Ann. I but watched. I don't, I don't remember watching them on Saturday morning, though. See, we had Saturday morning. I can't even remember. Well, there was some live action stuff, too, but like Smurfs was big. Superhero uh, Justice League that mm-hmm. was big. And then I just also remember you were just like, Saturday morning cartoons would be over. And then you're just like, I would think to myself, uh, Sunday morning's going to suck because it's all just bonanza gun smoke reruns. There's nothing else on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm, I must. I think maybe on Saturdays I just like played video games or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember watching cartoons on Saturday wow. mornings. That's crazy. Um, but they're bringing them back. Uh, starting 2021, MeTV is bringing back all your favorites on Saturday mornings, just like it used to be. Starting on January 2nd at 7 a.m., MeTV will offer a three-hour all cartoons all time block, all the time block. That is reminiscent of the Saturday morning broadcasts from when you were a kid. So they're just taking a bunch of old cartoons and replaying them for a three-hour block on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. I'd be interested to see what, how, how far back they go. What they got the license to. Are they just like, oh, it'll be 90s, or they actually go like 80s and 70s? And it's going to be, it's going to be three straight hours of Hong Kong fooey. They're just like this I mean, is the, this is the only one we could get. <laughs> we could only afford one, so we just got all the Hong Kong fooies. Hong Kong fooey, number one super guy. I mean, I'd watch an hour of that. Yep. Um. So yeah, Saturday mornings, MeTV, seven a.m. Right. starting twenty twenty one, January second. For those uh, who know where MeTV is. Yeah, I honestly I kind of don't. I don't even I don't, I don't I think don't. I know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. Um so uh we talked about this story many many yeah, months ago. Oh my god, we did. It was it was kind of like a it was before we did can you go for that, but it was kind of a rumor at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's been confirmed that Lethal Weapon 5 is in development, going to into production and in 91-year-old Richard Donner is going to be directing it. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Producer Dan Lin was the first to confirm the Lethal Weapon 5 has been given the green light. We're trying to make the last Lethal Weapon movie. He said back in January and Dick Donner is coming back. So that was kind of the big, that was what we talked about. That was the, yes, that was the rumor or the thing that we reported on. Um, since then, Mel Gibson, who will reprise the role of Riggs has confirmed the movie is being worked on. And could not help but express his excitement to once again work under the direction of Richard Donner. Um, his fellow returning co-star Danny Glover has also teased what to expect from, from the legacy sequel, saying there has been a conversation about that in January. I don't want to give away the plot on the sc- or on the script that I read, but I found the plot had very strong relevance to some of the things that are happening today. So <laughs> the script that was written in January, it's just about a global pandemic happening and. <laughs> They solve it. Yeah. They cure it. <laughs> I really uh, am too old for this shit. I'm in the. <laughs> I'm in this. I'm in the. I'm in the uh, vulnerable age group. Yeah. 
And so really the the whole movie is them about them getting the vaccine first. Yeah, There's, it, it starts with them being like, all right, we, we got vaccinated. We're OK now. Now let's go solve some crimes. I mean, they need to die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but not in not in not in like a firefight. They die no. of like cancer. Yeah, <laughs> like or just like old age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just slump over. We need to see them die. I yeah. think. <laughs> I think that would be just for closure. They're just like, okay, they died. They had a full life. They were heroes. <laughs> yes. Let's hope that's how the last lethal weapon movie ends. <laughs> yeah, and on a downer. Riggs and Murtaugh dying of old age. And each other's arms. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be great. Um, another thing that you're going to be really excited about, Kirk. Yu Yu Hakusho. New, New, Netflix is developing a live action Yu Yu Hakusho series. Oh, I said it wrong. Um, uh, developing a live action series based on Yu, uh, uh, Yoshihiro Tagashi's Yu Yu Hakusho. Out of all the action series to be released back in the 1990s, one of the biggest franchises that still is a major hit with fans is Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, while other franchises of its same per- time period have been experiencing revivals of some sort, Fans have begun to wonder whether or not this franchise would be getting the same kind of due. According to a new announcement from Netflix Japan, that due is coming soon with a brand new live action take on the franchise. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, the announcement only states that a live action take on the show is in the works and there are currently not many other details about the new project at this time. Um, let's see. Be released around the t- same time. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, there's not a whole lot of details to this, um, but they are developing a live action Yu Yu Hakusho series for Netflix. Uh, they've done a lot of stuff like this in the past with anime revivals in live action form. Really not a whole lot of success in that realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these things have not really been very well liked by fans. They did a they did a um, a, uh, a Death Note live action movie, which was number one, not very well liked. And number two had drew some criticism for um, doing like an Americanized version of it with white actors. Was there um, anybody famous in it? No. Okay. Um, and then uh, they did a live action um, full metal alchemist movie that everyone hated. And I, I watched like 10 minutes of it and I was like, fuck this. Um, I so I don't, I don't even know. I, I didn't, I, I just like, eh, I, I turned it off. Um, so the, the and so a lot of these adaptations, these live action adaptations uh, have ac- that Netflix has done have actually not been super successful. Um, but they are developing this uh, Yu Yu Hakusho movie. Um, I I'm kind of interested. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho is. If I really had to think about it, it might be my favorite anime series. Um, oh. I thought you'd be a little more excited then. That it's more. There's two things. So number one, like I said before, Netflix really just hasn't done a very good job of adapting these things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's their American studios doing it or the Japanese studio doing it, they haven't done a great job of adapting them. Number two, live action adaptations of anime are actually very common in Japan. They crank them out all the time. Um, and they're usually not that good. They're usually like just kind of cre- cranked out to make a quick buck. Um, and also 
the the issue a lot of times with these live action adaptations is that it's just really hard to adapt the like hyper realistic world of an anime into live action form and have it actually be as satisfying as the anime is. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, I feel like of all of the like shonen fighter animes, this one's like might be the most like the it might be the most like eligible to be adapted into a live action version because it's like it's the least crazy over the top one of them like oh, it's still okay. it still is like people running around fighting and using powers or whatever but it's like relatively more grounded than Naruto or Dragon Ball Z or any of these other crazy over the top fighter animes so I could see them maybe being able to do this. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll I'll check it out. I feel like it's something you would check out no matter what. I'll definitely check it out. And uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to watch some footage. Still haven't figured out that name of that. Um, and then we're going to do our regular segment. Can you go for that? After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, and now we're going to do our segment called Footage of the Day, Footage of the Day, Footage of the Day, Footage of the Day, going to watch some footage, but you're not going to, you're just going to hear it. Also, sometimes it's not footage. It's, it's, um, it's Green Day again, but they got rid of Billy Joe Armstrong as lead singer and put in Chris Isaac. <laughs> That's actually really accurate. Yeah. I, I thought you were, I didn't think you were going to say Chris Isaac, but I, yeah, a hundred percent. I love this game we're doing. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about this which is I just find so delightful. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love, I love this whole thing. So basically this thing has, has gone viral, huge viral on TikTok, which is a Ratatouille musical. Love Ratatouille. Yeah. And so basically what happened with this, which is, which is kind of like part of why it's so great is, Essentially, what happened is this one person, this this like elementary school teacher uploaded this quick TikTok video as a joke where she like literally it's like literally like 10 seconds of her singing this like joke, like what a Ratatouille musical would sound like type thing. And it it got popular and started getting a lot of views and then people started sharing it and it got bigger and bigger until the point where it got so big that other people started like taking it and doing their own versions of it. And so they would take, they took her original thing and they turned it into like a bigger, better, more professional sounding song. And then off the top of that, other people started, cause it was just one song. Mm-hmm. Other people started making other songs that would be in a Ratatouille musical 
to the point where this whole entire musical was created by various different people on TikTok. And now there's this whole musical that's like all these different songs and it tells the whole story of Ratatouille and all the songs were like created by different people. That's amazing. And it got so popular that they're actually going to do a real Ratatouille musical on Broadway in January utilizing the music from this and they're raising money for like the actors fund. That's amazing. Um, so I'll, I'll quickly name a couple of details, but then I, I just want to play some of these things. So this is the first thing. So this 26 year old elementary school teacher named Emily Jacobson, she made the first video as a joke. And this was the original video. It's just a picture of Remy from Ratatouille with like her mouth, like put over his mouth to sing it. And this is what the original TikTok was. Remy the Ratatouille, the rat of all my dreams. I praise you, my Ratatouille. So that was it. That was literally it. So this started gaining traction and people were like reposting it and sharing it or whatever. And then the biggest thing was so um, Daniel J. Mertzluft, who is a music supervisor, arranger uh, and arranger um, who's like, I guess he's just an influencer that does like musical type stuff on the Internet. He took it and he did his own version of it. He got he said he got 15 people to sing um vocal parts to create this version of it so let's hear this this is his version of what we just heard So that and then just it took off and got bigger from there. And there's all these people that were involved in it. And it was not only just musicians, but like also like this person, this graphic designer, he created like a fake playbill cover for it. Oh, so this TikTok is just him making. He's designing a cover for a playbill for the Ratatouille musical. So he's taking he took like he took a fork. And then he took like a, a silhouette of a mouse and then he like designed it to look like a stack of ratatouille um, that's wow. like shaped like a mouse. And then it's on the fork and then above yep. it, it just says ratatouille the musical. That's and the, and they're they're using this actual design for the real musical. So this is like this has now become the real playbill for the real ratatouille musical. Wow. That's, that's it's a being, great playbill. Yeah. Um, and then eventually... Pixar actually acknowledged this. The Pixar Twitter account posted a picture of Remy and then it just said with a text that says the rat of all our dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and then other, so and then this is an example. So somebody else wrote a song. They wrote a song. That was from the perspective of the chef in the movie. Um, Gusto. The chef that's talking to Remy throughout the entire mm -hmm. movie, like the ghost of the chef or whatever. And so he has a song that's like from the perspective of him. He's playing on a, on a piano and he's dressed like a chef. He doesn't cook, but he could. 
You know what I always say Anyone can cook, anyone can cook All you have to do is look inside yourself Anyone can cook, you could even write a book It could sit right next to mine there on that shelf There's not a soul who could tell you how to broil or to braise A casserole can be droll, but if you want to amaze Try some wine, it's divine when you want to deglaze Cause anyone can have some fun, man. Anyone can cook. Ah, oh, anyone can cook. Bon appetit. That is the King George song from Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, doesn't Basically, that just seem that's like, the showstopper, right? Yeah, there. doesn't that just seem like the per like it just exactly feels like what wow. that song would be in a in a musical? That's like the middle of the show. Everyone just loses their mind. Yeah. So there's more of these, but they basically just did a whole musical and now it's going to be put on. Um, wow. And I, yeah, this is like, I sometimes can just, I've, I've gotten in the last couple of years, I've gotten to a place where I really just kind of hate the internet because of the way that it mm-hmm. disseminates misinformation and people build these communities around hatred and it just furthers ignorance and has really, the internet has kind of like backfired in a lot of ways in terms of connecting people where it's just made society kind of worse in a lot of ways and it's things like this that kind of like remind me that the internet can be a great amazing place where really just wonderful things can happen i mean it's so easy to forget too with just so much of the just toxicity that is the internet that go oh you can use it for good yeah there can be good things from the internet it is always good to remember i'm actually probably go watch this when it For comes sure. out in January, because it just looks great. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's it's really cool. Um, and now we're going to do our regular segment where we talk about rumors, unsubstantiated stories, and also sometimes just weird things um, that we want to know if we want if we would try or not, which is what we're going to do today. Uh, and that segment is called. Can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you, oh, can you go for that? Oh, 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 can you, oh, can you go for that? Oh, can you go for that? Can you go? Can you go? Can you go? This is the remix of Can You Go For That? Um, so today we don't have any kind of rumors, but what we have is that it has been reported that McDonald's China has released McDonald's China, 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 China has released a spam and Oreos burger. I'm holding off till the end before I say anything. Um, it's it's a burger with a it's a spam burger, so a, a patty that's just spam. With crumbled or- Oreos on it, um. So yeah, that I mean that's it. The, the, there's, oh, there's. I thought there was. I'm trying to read it. It says, uh, the fine print does mention the spam trademark, but not the Oreo. Yeah, I mean, so it, I'm it's, it's basically it saying Hydrox. Well, it's basically saying well two things. It's basically saying that like the if, as you look here. So here's a picture of the burger. Yeah, it's a it's a sesame seed bun. It's kind of like the bun that would be on a quarter pound of the cheese. Yeah. Um, it's got two 
uh, whatever slices or slabs slices. or yep. whatever you'd call of spam, crumbled Oreo cookies, and then some kind of white sauce on it. That's that's definitely mayo. Um, and the the ad for it, it's it's like at the top it has the McDonald's logo and then the spam logo. Oh, I so see. So it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like it's like an actual collaboration yes. with spam. So it's like it's real spam, whereas it doesn't say Oreo anywhere. So people are saying are speculating that it's just like generic yeah. um sandwich Hydrox. cookies. Um but but here's the other thing. So Hydrox is the original. That's right. I remember that story. That is yeah. true. Yeah, Hydrox is the original. Oreo is, is the true. knockoff. That's right. People people sleep on that. Yep. All right. Um once again, listen to my show Food Fight where I talk about food. I can go for this. Got to hit you with some cobs. <laughs> Please hit me with the cobs. I okay. need the cobs for this. Okay. I need them. <laughs> All right. This is I'm the bring- second time where I've done this. Like this is the this is the second time we, we've done a food. Can you go for that? And yeah. the, and in both instances, I'm like, I'm gonna bring some weird, gross thing that Kirk is gonna rant about. And both times, you were like, this sounds pretty good. Yeah. Let me hit you with some cobs up here. Let me break it down. I'm going to break it down for all of you. Again, follow Food Fight. Spam is wonderful. Spam is a great thing. We eat Spam in our home. We make fried rice in it. We have Spam Asubi, which is basically Spam Sushi. We're a Spam, spam home. is good. We spam at home. So a Spam sandwich is not a weird thing. Yeah. I, I, don't, uh, I don't eat meat, so I don't eat yeah. Spam. But before yeah, I did eat meat, um, I'm not saying that I say Spam all the time. I don't, I don't have like... I don't have a closet dedicated to spam like you seem to have. We have um, we have spam on the regular as, as in our home. But I, I I had it every once in a while. Um, I think I think it was I think I'd had like sandwiches of it. I ba- yeah. I basically like cooked it on a on a skillet. Yeah, that's all you um, need to do with it because it's a salt lake and it's a delicious salt lake. Yeah, and what and and one time uh the the um the coffee shop that uh, a, an ex-girlfriend worked at that I would hang out at, um, they came out with a spam burrito that was... Oh, that's probably good. That I had. Yeah, that's and, probably uh, good. And yeah, I liked it at yeah. the time. I don't eat meat anymore, but I liked it at the time. It's good. It's huge in Asian culture, so it makes sense why it would be in China. Yeah. So I'm here for that. I'm here for it as a sandwich. I am okay with the crumble because it's crumble. I thought it was going to be like a like an Oreo bun or something. And I was going to be like, well, that's stupid. So I'm okay with the Oreo or Hydrox or whatever it is crumble on it. Cause you're getting salty sweet. What is an abomination is the Mayo. Get rid of the Mayo and I will eat the shit out of the sandwich. I can't. The mayo is the offensive part. I'm, I'm an adventurous eater i'm not somebody who recoils at anything remotely strange like a lot of people mm-hmm. are like i'm sure a lot of people would just think this looks disgusting um i'm not like that at all i'm i'm actually mm-hmm. really interested in trying strange things but i can't like how do you imagine the oreos going together with this it's it's gonna be a salty sweet and i think it would be okay because spam is incredibly salty so I don't think those cookie crumbs are going to overpower that salt. So I think it's going to blend nice. Also, Spam is soft, and you got a soft bun, so it's going to add some crunch. It's almost mm-hmm. like as if there's lettuce on it. 
The issue is that fucking mayo, man. Get that mayo out of there. You don't need it. You got enough flavor there. Are you saying that the mayo needs to be going regardless of the Oreos? Like even yes, because Oreos... mayo is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really like mayonnaise. Yeah, mayo is offensive. So, but it makes it worse that it's spam and 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 Oreo. So, with that one cob of ditching the the mayo, I can't go for that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't go for it because I don't eat meat, so I just can't. I literally can't go for it. But if you did. But I'd definitely try this if I ate meat. Yeah, I think you would. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Would you go mayo or no mayo? I would ask for no mayo. I always I always yeah. ask for no mayo on everything. Yeah. Makes sense. Thank you. And this has been a strange and surprising edition of Can you go for that? Oh, oh. Can you go for that? Can you go? Can you go for that? Do you like this stuff? Do you like spam on burgers with Oreos? Bet you probably don't, but I would try it if I ate meat. Would you go for that? It's a long intro. It's such a big intro. It's the final story. <laughs> yeah. It's the final story. We're gonna talk about the final story. I don't remember how the lyrics to the song go, but we're gonna read a story that ends the show. Just so you know, it's gonna be the last thing we talk about. And when you hear it, you might scream and shout. But you will know that you've been informed by this nostalgic podcast called Nostalgia Cast. Yeah. Now let's read that story because it's the final story. <laughs> yeah. It's the final story. Here's the best thing about this that no one saw. <laughs> it's that you look like a guy who doesn't know how to play guitar when you sing that. I know. <laughs> I'm it like giving I'm giving off like major like dad energy. <laughs> 
because yeah. I'm like I'm sitting in a garage. I have like yes. a flannel shirt that's like unbuttoned with my t-shirt yep. underneath, and I'm just like holding a guitar and then like because I don't want to make a sound on the guitar, I'm just like pretending to play yeah. it, and it's just I just look like some like midlife crisis dad. A hundred percent, and it's even funnier because you know how to play guitar, but you're acting like you have no idea, like you're just holding it so you can pretend. Uh, that was great. Um, so there's actually a couple of final stories because um, Kirk reminded me of something that I criminally left off of this. Yes, but um, the before we get to the final final story, um, Christopher Walken on a recent talk show appearance uh, admits that he has never owned a cell phone or a computer. Christopher Walken has been making the press rounds for his new movie Wild Mountain Time making a rather shocking admission that he has never owned a cell phone or a computer. The 77-year-old actor appeared via Zoom on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert to promote the movie when he admitted... Wait a minute. How is he on Zoom if he's... That's what I thought. Um, and then he, when he admitted someone had set up an interview... Oh, somebody had set up, set up the interview for him. He said, yeah, somebody had to come and set this up because I don't have a cell phone or a computer. When asked if it was morally, philosophically, emotionally opposed to the technology technological devices the oscar nominated actor had a much simpler answer no no i just got it i got to it a bit late i'm i think i'm i think i'm right at a certain age when it just passed me by um he told colbert that he never got involved in it because it would be strange to have any 10 year old be better at it than i am um the other thing is cell phones and that sort of thing it's a little bit of a watch or it's a little bit like a watch if you need one somebody else has got it he added Walken added that people are very nice about letting me borrow things before confirming that he's never sent an email or a text message and he has never been on Twitter. Uh, he did confirm, though, that sometimes when he's filming a movie, the production will give him a cell phone, but it's more so that they can find me. The Oscar winner at the Oscar winning actor added that if I ever want to use it, someone has to dial it for me, that sort of thing. So he has never in his life owned a cell phone or a computer. Anyone else, I would cry bullshit. But because it's Christopher Walken, you go, I bet you that's true. He wouldn't lie. No, he, except he's for, just weird he would, enough. He wouldn't lie except for about the real, the real story behind the death of Natalie Wood. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> and that just turned dark. <laughs> oh, no. Calling you out, Walken. That's right. Call me. Call me. Oh, wait, you can't. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> That's why he doesn't have the cell phone, because he doesn't yeah. want to reveal the truth. Mm -hmm. well, we just got paranoid. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, I don't find this as, a, as shocking as this article seems to, but yeah, he does. He's never had a cell phone or a computer. And he's doing fine. Yep. Good on him. Um, so a couple of final stories before we end the show after that. Uh, the first one is that uh, uh, Don Wells, a.k.a. Marianne from Gilligan's Island, has passed away um, at the age of 82 from COVID-19 complications. So uh, she contracted COVID-19 and passed away. Um, she passed away at the age of 82. What, uh, what day is this? She passed away on December 30th. So yesterday, mm -hmm. RIP. Yep. And then the final story, Kirk. Yes. Um, 
hits it home more for me is uh, Adolfo Quinones passed away actually the same day uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. You don't know who Adolfo Quinones is. He is uh, a dancer. He goes by the name Shabadoo. You would know him because he's been in many things in the 80s, most prominently Breakin and Breakin' to Electric Boogaloo. A, uh, a seminal dancer, uh, one of the forefathers of breakdancing, was in a, a very, very popular group called the LA Lockers with uh, Tony Basil, as well as Rerun from What's Happening. And uh, died at the age of 65, so pretty young. Yeah, They didn't release how, but I guess... Uh, uh, Tony Basil on her, uh, I think it was Instagram posted that he passed and you might not know his name, but if you saw him, you'd be like, Oh, it's that guy. He's the mm -hmm. really good dancer in breaking, uh, and breaking to electric boogaloo. The reason I got into break dancing was because of breaking and because of him. So he was sorely missed by me. Yeah. And the other thing was, um, so he was on cameo. I had, yeah. oh, I had, I had discovered him on cameo. And, you know, he just he'll do a message for whatever amount of money it was. Uh, and I was waiting until Kirk's next birthday. Yeah, in April. And I was going to get him a cameo. And and he's he died. He's dead. He died. Now. And you told me that you slacked me that not only did you slack me that, but your slack was how I found out that he died. Yeah. Because I was I was doing my podcast yesterday, Food Fight, and then I went back on Slack of a Work, and I was like, oh, and you're like, I was going to get your cameo for his birthday, and I was like, oh, it's doubly hard, doubly hard. I should have done it earlier. I should have, I, I kind of, I kind of, like, I didn't want to do it until it was like the actual time in case like. I don't even know. I, I guess I was just like, oh, I just want to make sure that it's like, I, I, I guess I didn't want to like can like make it seem weird if I like got a cameo and I was like, can you do a birthday wish for somebody? But their birthday is actually months in, in the future. Yeah. It's a, it would have been a little weird. Yeah. So, so I wasn't doing it until yeah. like the time and I, yeah. I should, I should have done it early. Uh, lesson I learned. should have done it right whenever I thought of it. Yeah. Lesson learned for, for the new year. Yep. RIP. RIP. And uh, on that note, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this and you haven't done so already, Feel free to subscribe to NostalgiaCast. If you have a friend that you think might like the show, feel free to share it with them. Um, if you want to follow, keep up to date with all of the news about the podcast, as well as all the nostalgic stuff we post on a daily basis, you can go to Facebook and follow the official Nostalgia Facebook page. Just search Nostalgia, and that's us with the blue check mark next to our name. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Nostalgia. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns that you might want, be, want to be read on the show you can email us at nostalgiacastpod at gmail.com uh stay safe stay healthy thanks for listening